You are listening to episode 160 of the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and today I'm going to be sharing five unconventional things that I do to stay productive in my business. Chances are you're going to hear a lot of these things and be like, what? She does that? That is not something I would guess that a productivity strategist does to stay productive. But I'm here to tell you that productivity is so much more than to-do lists and the stereotypical things that we hear about. And maybe hearing about the ways that I take action in my business will help you be more productive in a way that works best for you. So stay tuned. Let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Welcome to the Mindful Productivity Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Steckler, and this is the place to be to live a more mindful and productive life. If you're ready to turn daily chaos into calm and start your days with intention, then get ready to join me as we dive deep into mindful living and personal productivity. It's time to connect with your true self so you can live the life you want to live. And it all starts now. One of the most common questions I get in my business is, how do you stay productive, Sarah? What are your favorite productivity tools? What are you doing on a regular basis? Are you time blocking? Do you like Notion? Do you like Asana? Do you use ClickUp? What are you doing? How can I be as productive as you? Well, first of all, let's define that productivity is gonna look different for everyone. And the goal in your life and business is not necessarily to be more productive, but to be more efficient in reaching your goals and honoring your time and energy levels, right? So you have more time to be a human and enjoy your life. In today's episode, I thought it would be kind of fun to touch on some of the more unconventional things and practices that I do in my business to stay productive. Because I think a lot of people expect productivity strategists to touch on how they've found the perfect platform and now I'm going to teach it to you. Or this is the exact planner that I use and I never use any other planner. I'm here to tell you today that I use a wide variety of tools and strategies to stay productive and it's always changing and it's always evolving. So maybe that's a disappointment to you that I don't have some magical answer for you, but it's also encouraging to know that your productivity and how you work best is an outcome based off of life circumstance, your energy levels, what you have going on, and your preferences that change as life goes on. So let's jump into this hot list because I think it's going to be pretty eye-opening for you today. So the first thing that I do in my business that I would consider more unconventional in terms of productivity strategy or advice is that I actually, big shocker, switch between productivity tools and product project management systems more often than you would think. Now, here's how I set things up. In my business, I love using Google Workspace to house the majority of my important documents. This is because this is a secure system that I really trust and I've been using it since like the beginning of time and I haven't had any issues with it. So I love to use Google Docs, for example, to house all of my important workflows in my business and know that they're here and they're in one specific place. So I could print them out. I could give them to someone eventually if I delegate processes in my business or have hires that I'm hiring on, something like that. So I start with Google Google Docs, and there's that's where I house all of my workflows. I think that's really important to have a safe and secure place that you do that, right? And also, too, I have some of them printed out in a binder, but that's a whole other topic for another time. So I actually switch between project management systems and productivity tools. So what do I mean by this? Well, right now, currently in my business, I use two main 
productivity systems. Well, maybe three if you count my planners. I like to use my planners and journals. Specifically in my business, I do use the ones I've created. So I have the Mindful Productivity Guide that helps me map out my annual goals, my quarterly goals. I use the quarterly goal pages to map out what I call work back calendars. So this gives you a breakdown of each month within a quarter. So if there's three months in a quarter, you've got one, you've got three different months that you're looking at, and then it breaks down all of those weeks into about 12 to 13 weeks. So when I'm looking at a quarter, I know what my main goal is for that quarter, whether it's a launch goal or something like that, or a revenue goal, and I break it down into themes for the month, and then I break it down into what are the main things that I'm working on for the week. I talk more about this in my focus project training that you can find on mindfulproductivityblog.com, but that's also going to be a training that's going to be available soon in a new course that I'm working on. Wink, wink. You'll hear more about that soon. So that's one of the things that I use is the guide. And inside the Mindful Productivity Guide too, it's undated. So I also use those pages to break down my weekly goals. And there's a two-page spread for every week where there is a place for actually every day of the week. And then there's a notes and focus section where I write down more detailed to-dos. I also use my daily productivity and brain dump book almost every single day, usually in the morning, and I like to spend about 10-20 minutes doing a structured brain dump, and then there is a daily productivity page where it really helps me to write down what my main two focuses are for the day and what the five micro target tasks are beneath each one of those main focuses so I know what to actually take action on. Those are things that I use pretty regularly for the most part. Every now and then I will buy another planner if I go to Michael's and I get tempted or if someone creates a really cool one online, I am always buying more planners and always trying different things out. So I really love doing that. It's also really fun too because I have students that are always always creating more endless journals and planners inside of my course published with purpose. So I like to buy those every now and then and give those a try as well. And that's been really fun. So those are like my handwritten ways of staying productive but then I also use other productivity tools and systems and I try out new ones when I want to. It's important to note that I have to kind of rein it in because just like anyone maybe like you you can kind of get this shiny object syndrome with new productivity tools or if you're familiar with the site AppSumo there's a lot of deals all the time for no new productivity systems or software and it can be really tempting to just you know buy different ones or try out different trials and never actually get any work done but have a lot of fun setting up a system on the back end so over the years I have tried all kinds of software. I have tried things like Amazing Marvin, and all of these are great, by the way. I think they're wonderful tools, but I've tried them. I've tried ClickUp, Asana, Notion, Trello, um, MeisterTask. I'll have to make a whole list, but I've tried all kinds of different systems, and there's two that I always fall back on. So right now in my business, I use Notion, and I use this really as a wiki. So this is a place where I'm capturing ideas, I use this to schedule out my podcast episodes, and if you're in my Pretty Simple Podcast course, you get a free, uh, uh, included in that course is a tutorial breakdown of how I do that, and you also get the template for how to use that content system. But I use that and I use Notion for a wiki and this is where I have things like a resonance calendar for different days and what I've learned. I use it to take a lot of notes in courses I'm going through. I have a whole system set up in there with my whole life dashboard that has places for my household management 
and what else do I have in there? I don't have it right in front of me the second, but my household management, um, a business base camp where I have a lot of information about my business and what I'm creating and my profit producers and basically just kind of like my brain is inside of Notion. So it's a lot it's a lot like a digital brain or a second brain where I like to capture a lot of things. It's not necessarily the place where I work from though. So it's more of a reference wiki style thing. I think that's no- what Notion was of, you know, originally created to do. Now that Notion has recently updated their whole software and they now have an open API. That means that different tools can now integrate with it. So you can start doing a whole lot more than you used to be able to do with Notion. I have not even begun to play around with this yet because it's the busy season of my business and I'm behind the scenes working on a lot of stuff, an event, a new course. So I haven't had time and haven't given myself time to play around with the API in Notion yet. But there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do. In terms of how I stay productive and what other tools I use, one thing that I always come back to is Asana. So I really love Asana. I like that you can create, you know, on the free plan, you can create recurring tasks. There's reminders. Um, I think with Notion's API now, there might be an integration where you can create something similar, but you'd have to kind of build it in. And one thing I personally think about tools, right, is a lot of people get caught up in trying to make one tool be the end all be all. So yes, you can use Notion and you can create recurring, uh, you can create reminders. You can't, let me back up. You can create reminders in Notion. They don't remind you in the way that you would think. So it's not like a Notion, uh, I'm sorry, an Asana notification. Um, You can get an email, but I haven't found it to be consistent. You also cannot within the system in-house do a recurring task as of the the recording of this podcast, but that may be something that they create. What I like about Asana is that it has all this stuff built in, so it really is a true project management system, so you can actually create, you know, templates and workflows. So what I like to do is I have all of my workflows for, you know, what I do to create a podcast, what I do to create blog posts, um, different launch plans, um, you know, the things I send out to my podcast guests and all that kind of stuff. All of that, again, is housed in a Google Doc, and then I import it into Notion as a template. So anytime I create a new um a new blog post or something like that. I know all the steps. So I do use Notion currently for my podcast. So I actually have moved in my workflow into Notion. It just works that way for podcast production right now. I prefer Notion versus Asana. But you may this may be surprising to hear that I work in different places and in different software depending on different projects that I'm working on in my business, right? So for launching and doing a lot of other things, I spend more time in Asana for my podcast and for course materials and references, I spend more time in Notion. And again, I that's just what works right now for me. Keep in mind, I am a solopreneur, so I don't have a huge team or anything. If I did, I would probably want things a little bit neater and a little bit more like maybe in one place. But for right now, that works really, really well for me. And there have been times in my business when I have tried to move everything over to ClickUp um, or I've tried to put things in Trello. And again, those things are helpful, but for reasons I won't go into in this episode because we'd be here all day, I have not found those systems to be helpful for me. If you'd like me to do more of a rundown on why I like Asana and Notion, maybe I'll do another podcast episode on it if enough of you reach out to me and, or, and let me know. 
But those are the two tools that I use. And I use them depending, like I use them in different seasons of my business. So sometimes I'm a lot more like planner heavy and stuff. Like when I'm doing course curriculum, like right now I'm working on this new course about, you know, using Google Workspace for your business and life. And most of the curriculum development that I do within that happens in my brain dump book and in a blank journal. And then all that like ideas get fleshed out and then moved into a Google Doc where that becomes my more hard, you know, outline. And then I work from there. So I don't know. I think a lot of people may think that, you know, to be productive, you have to choose one tool and work in one way every single time you work. But as a creative and as the way my brain works, I find it really helpful to, excuse me, actually move into and within different systems depending on how I feel and what works best for me at the time. The second unconventional thing that I do to stay productive in my business involves the fact that I frequently change up my work schedule. So I do like to time block and break down a schedule for myself, but this is often changing. So the way that I have this set up is I actually have a template I've created that's inside of Google Workspace. I have a template in Google Sheets, and then I also use Google Calendar to map out my regular routine and what my weeks look like. And that changes though. So right now I'm actually experimenting, I'm in the midst of experimenting with a whole new schedule. Most of the time I would try to kind of work from about 9 or 10 a.m. till about 3 or 4 p.m. But I found that with different things I want to do and kind of my various energy levels and where my creativity really spikes and where I have access to what I consider like the best part of my creative brain, it's not always within that time frame. Or if I do too much of one particular task early in the morning, then if I want to do some fun creative work in the afternoon, like my brain just isn't there. So one thing I've been doing lately is really thinking about the ways in which I sleep the best. And this is something that I just kind of realized the other day. You ever have like a realization, it may seem really obvious, but you're like, oh, it clicks. And that is there's certain windows of time where if I go to bed, at a certain time, I'm more likely to fall and stay asleep the whole night than if I go to bed at a different time. I'm sure if we had someone come on here and specifically talk about circadian rhythms and hormones and all that kind of stuff, they would tell me why this is. But I have found that if I go to bed and fall asleep between 8.30 and 9 p.m., I am, it feels like 70, 80% more likely to fall, not only fall asleep faster, but stay asleep throughout the whole night and not wake up frequently. Whereas if I go to bed at 11 p.m. or later or even 10 p.m. or later, for whatever reason, I just wake up all night and it's really frustrating and I don't get the sleep that I need. So I have found that if I go to bed between 8, 8.39, I usually tend to want to wake up naturally, sometimes because my bulldog needs to go out, between, some people are going to cringe at how early this is, 4.30 and 5.30. And that's when I feel my best. And so normally I wake up, if I wake up at that time in the past, I would kind of just like chill out, get back in bed, get on my phone, kind of wait for my husband to get up. He gets up around like 5.45, 6. And, you know, recently I was like, oh my gosh, this is time where my bulldog is not fussy. She's so needy. And I could actually be utilizing this time. So I'm currently experimenting with a new work schedule where I get up at 4.30 or 5, work until 6, or no, work until 6.30, because it's like uninterrupted quiet time and there's something about being up that early in the morning where it feels like no one else exists and you just, I don't know, I just get more done. 
And then spending about a half an hour with my husband, he gets out of the shower on 6.30 before he leaves at 7, spending that time with him, then going on a little walk or doing some kind of movement for my body from 7 to 8, and then getting ready and starting my day at 9, working at least from 9 to noon, maybe 9 to 1. So right, that gives me about six hours-ish, maybe a little more, maybe a little less of solid work time every day. And it's nice because for whatever reason, my bulldog isn't as needy, doesn't whine or bark or bother me up until that time. And then I have the rest of the day. So that's one thing, totally went on a big caveat here, but that's one way I've been experimenting with my routine and seeing what really works. And there's other times in my business where it actually makes more sense to work later in the night. So sometimes uh, if my husband's gone or on duty or something like that, I like working in the evenings more. And again, it's just really giving myself permission to, to ask myself what works best. And this could be a seasonal thing too, because we're in spring, almost summer here. And so getting up earlier just feels right. It feels good. But we'll see what happens in the winter, right? So giving myself permission to change up my work schedule and that and sometimes that even means during the week. So which leads me to number three. So the third thing I do that's pretty unconventional in terms of productivity is I'll take days off in the middle of the week or I'll take longer breaks in between my work days or in between in between projects. So for example, I have been known to take Tuesdays off. So if I have like a lot of calls on a Monday or if the weekend hits and I was going to run some errands and I'm like, no, I will work, get ready, get excited about the week, work Monday, and then take either all of Tuesday off or a half day and then get back to work on Wednesday. I also really tap into my energy levels a lot. So if I'm really deep into creating something and it's taking a lot of creative energy or draining me quicker than maybe some more admin style tasks, then I give myself permission to take a break. So sometimes I'll be like, you know what? I had plans to work later today, but I'm actually going to take a break. So I'm actually going to stop at noon or one, you know, catch up on The Handmaid's Tale or whatever, The Bold Type. Those are the two shows right now that I'm like feeling. And I'll have some lunch and then I'll take Bell of the Park and I'll give myself permission to take breaks. And here's the thing. This specifically works for my business model, which is a course business, right? So I'm selling online courses. I'm not doing a whole lot of like one-on-one support anymore. So my schedule's freer in that way. I don't have a ton of calls. This, taking these breaks, I have found the more I take breaks, the more I actually get done. Because when I am fully rested, then when I do have that focused chunk of time to work, whether it's two hours or four hours, whatever, I can get so much more done. I can build so much more momentum versus spreading myself out really thin and saying, nope, you have to work six, eight, nine hours a day. I don't care if you're tired. Push through, push through, which I did for years. And I wouldn't get the best work done or I would kind of just get minimal work done. So I take more breaks and then I work for shorter chunks of time. But in those shorter ch- chunks of time, I'm actually able to get a lot more done. The output is far greater than if I stretched myself out and actually worked longer throughout the week. I think that realization to me was absolutely mind-blowing. The fourth thing I do that's pretty unconventional is that I brainstorm and recreate info and knowledge in my brain and ideas in multiple places. So some people may think that this is a waste of time, but here's what I mean. If I am creating curriculum in my business or coming up with a new launch plan, um, I'm working on a new event that I'm going to be doing, 
in July that's leading up to my next launch of Publish with Purpose. And it's like completely different than anything I've done. It's completely different than anything I've personally seen in business. And so it's taking a lot of creative energy and thoughts and how I'm inviting people into it and this and that and the other, right? And so I actually take time to write down my ideas around something like this in various places. So I will brain dump it in my brain dump book, but not only will I do that at my desk, but, and I I think I talked about this on an Instagram story or something while back about curriculum development. So whether it's a launch or creating curriculum, I will do a brain dump in my brain dump book at my desk. I will then sometimes go somewhere else with that same stuff. So I give myself a break, like, okay, I've got down, mapped out most of my ideas that were in my head. I know that they're captured and safe on paper. Cool. Now I can go somewhere else, whether that's a park or outdoor at a coffee shop or like things are slowly opening back up. So I'm seeing where we can go. It's safe, all that kind of stuff. Um, And being in a different environment and coming back to that same brain dump, I actually have new ideas that form, new things that come up, Um, something about physically being somewhere different. So I will even rewrite the same ideas down or not even look at the brain dump and keep going and new things happen. So I'm adding to it and doing new stuff. Then I will come back to my laptop or my desktop and I will open up a Google Doc and I will map everything out again. So I will retype it. And then this can happen again, either in Notion or Asana, right, where I'm mapping out all the specific tasks that I need to do and the whole project plan and what my focus project is and what those things are when I'm going to do them and when they're actually due. So as you can tell, I'm recreating a lot of the same data and the same information in multiple places. A lot of people would say that's very redundant. That's not very efficient. But I can tell you that it is efficient because in doing so, I tap into different areas of my brain and it's like almost having a meeting with different parts of myself, if that makes sense, by doing things, by writing things out long form, by being in a different environment and then by retyping out the things that I've gotten down on paper, I'm putting them into a structured system that can remind me of dates and that can help me think of everything. So it's kind of like meeting with all the different hats that I wear in my business by doing it this way. So if you think that you only should write things down once, let me tell you that you might find more ideas or more structure when you come back to the same ideas or you recreate information or knowledge that you have in different ways. Similar to studying, right? You know, we take notes, you make flashcards, you come back to stuff, you say stuff out loud, you read things. It's the same kind of idea. Okay, here's number five for unconventional things I do in my business to stay productive. And that is that if I'm working on a new project, more often than not, I will start with what's exciting on that project and and start from there. So for example, I'm working on this new course, developing curriculum, developing a launch plan. One of the first things I did that most people will be like, no, don't ever do that first, is I started building out the sales page for the offer. So I went into lead pages, which is my platform of choice for that. And I started building out the sales page. I actually created a logo. I created brand colors for it. I got really excited about it. And you might be asking like, well, why would you do this? Because you're doing like the fun stuff that that you should be rewarded for at the end. I've actually found this to be true. If I do what's fun first about a project, it actually gets me to know if how committed I really am to the idea. So I didn't spend a ton of time doing this, maybe a couple hours on a Friday when I had like everything else done. 
But I built out the sales page. I had fun playing around with colors. I bought a couple things from Creative Market to like add into the whole aesthetic. And what it did was it, by the time I was done with it, I then had a better idea about how passionate I was about this project and what my follow through was really going to be like, because the fun part was over, right? The fun part was done. And so giving myself that creative outlet also helped me think of how I wanted to structure the course. I wrote some of the sales page copy already. I thought about what I wanted that to look like, what I wanted people to be invited into when they read it, what people are going to see before they really learn about the full offer. And that helped me realize, yeah, this is something I really want to do. I really want to commit to making this course. I want to follow through with this launch plan. The fun part that I love doing is already done. Am I still committed to the hard part? And the answer was yes. So that's one thing I often do is I do the fun thing first and see how committed I am. This also builds momentum for me with my productivity and what I need to get done in an abstract way because it gives me an outline of what it's going to look like at the end, right? It's the sales page will be the first thing that prospective students see, but it's the usually the last thing you're doing as a business owner. It's the icing on the cake, so to speak, of what you're offering someone, but it's the first thing they see. So it's kind of fun to come at it from different angles. So those are some of the weird or abstract or different or unconventional things that I do in my business to stay productive. I'd love to hear if you do any of those things. I'd love to hear if you use various systems. I have a feeling it's more common than not. I think we need to take away this pressure that we have to find just one productivity tool and never use anything else. I think that there's a wide variety of productivity tools, software, project management systems, because there's a wide variety of ways that we use our creative brain. And I think that you can use them however you see fit and what works best for you. It's just important to not get too caught up in trying new things all the time and not actually moving the needle on your business. All right, if you thought this was helpful and if you're interested in learning more about my Google Workspace course that's in the works, then you can join the waitlist. Head on over to mindfulproductivityblog.com. You should see an announcement bar along the top. Alternatively, you can also join me over on Instagram at mindfulproductivityblog. And if you click on the link in my bio, you'll see what's popping and you can find the waitlist there as well. I hope you have a great week. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed this, go ahead and share it to your stories so I can say hello and share as well. And I'll see you back here next week.